This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Uh, the summer is dragging on, and believe it or not, it's the perfect time to clean and seal your deck, along with some other ideas of the house that need some attention. Today on the program, we'll share tips on how to properly maintain your deck and outdoor space. Also, we're ready to help you with any home improvement project you've got happening this summer. Share your comments or questions uh, this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you doing this morning, Dale? Oh, man, feeling good. Just uh, come return back from vacationing and relaxing in the sun. Right, right. Now, it's funny because we were talking about working earlier, and it's so (laughs) hot outside right now. I mean, it's just, you know, just... It, the humidity and everything else is just debilitating. So, so Dell comes in. And he says, "Yeah, I had to work outside for a little while the other day, and then I went and took a nap." Yes, and I'm like, <laughs> "We've hit that age, man, where it's just like you can do something." I went and mowed the grass, and then I took a three hour nap. I mean, you so. need the breaks now. the The sun is really uh, beaming on you, and you swim out more than you realize. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, and I, I was at the point where I was trying to get through before the rain. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take time to take the breaks I needed and, and to, you know, drink the fluids I needed. So You did what we talked about. Yeah, I broke the rules. That's all right. Well, you're going to hurt yourself. Went straight to bed. So what are you working on right now? Right now, we, um, we're we finishing up a building downtown, putting some uh, roof coating on and new drains in. And um, we got, um, we called A11. We got a little digging to do for um, one of the customers need a new... Um, clean out and, and some um, pipes ran on the ground. Oh, okay. So you called 811. Actually, yeah. there was a really good, uh, there was a, well, actually, there was a horrific story this morning out of Wisconsin. This little town in Wisconsin, like half a block was blown up from a gas leak uh, this morning. Folks, call 811 when you need to dig. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the homeowner told me, man, there's nothing under there. I'm like, how do you really know? You have no idea what's under there. You have no idea because, especially if you're not the original owner. That's I can it. tell you that. You have no idea what's under there. Uh, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. If you have a question that a contractor can answer for you on the house, that's all you got to do is call. I'm sure Jeff is on his way. In the meantime, we're going to get to some of the questions that came in via email. Uh, this one came in on Saturday. Uh, we There was, let's see. On Saturday, we got an email that said, I recently bought, they must have been listening to our car show, mm-hmm. uh, I recently bought a used 2001 Audi. Uh, Audi recommends changing the timing belt at 70,000 miles. The car has about 90,000 miles on it. I took the car to a dealership the other day, and they told me I needed to change the timing belt, the water pump, and all the other belts, tensioners, etc. The price they gave me was very expensive. <laughs> do I really need to do all this? Can I just do the belt? Dealer says it all needs to be changed while they are in there. I, yeah, uh, yes. I would say so. I'm going to have to agree. I'm, I'm sorry about this. Um, I think it's Jordan. But I, let me tell you, Jordan, 
the timing belt, if there's an issue with the timing belt, y- your car ends up in the junkyard. So, like, if yeah. the timing belt goes bad, the, the car start, stops running. It looks good. And then it won't turn back on. It looks good, but it doesn't run anymore. Right, right. So that is something you absolutely need to deal with. And, and yes, you do have to take the old belt off in order to change the timing belt. Therefore, why put an old gross belt back on that might be broken anyway? No, no. You you may as well go ahead and put a brand new belt on there. Once you do something like that, I would say if, if you're not prepared, go ahead and save up and get your parts. So you kind of doing like an overhaul. Right. Uh, a kind of a small rebuild. You don't want old parts and new parts combined, and you want to just kind of change all that internal stuff out Yeah. once you, you're in there. Right. And and you may want to purchase parts and then find yourself a great mechanic that can do it for less than what the dealership does. I know that uh, dealerships typically charge a little bit more, but that's because they've got all the parts ready and available. And overprotection. They want to make sure if, if something else, some couple of clamps are missing or some other things inside. They're they warranted. Yeah, yeah they, they just cover themselves like that. There you go. All right. I uh, hope that helps out. Let's go to uh, Joel and Vicksburg. And I think this may have been something you've mentioned before in the past here. Joel, what's going on, man? Good morning. Uh, I've got uh, drive it on the front of my house. The other three size or brick mm-hmm. and the drive doesn't you know look very good and i was just wondering about how much expense would be involved in taking that off and replacing it with something say like a hardy board type structure dell would it would it uh would he have to take the the other off i don't know i mean if it's i mean if it's stucco i, I you know i don't, I don't well what do you think, man? It depends on the, <clears throat> the shape it's in. If it's if it's uh, in good shape. How old is the stucco? Uh, it's about 20 years old. It might yeah, be a little dry and um, You have to, in a case like that, you have to make your underlayer to attach to. Sometimes we can, um, it just all depends on how your house is built. We have to really thoroughly check that and see. Um, can you go through stucco? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> But you, some of it is harder than others. You okay. know, you got the imitation, you got the stone, and right, and um, the the kind of plaster this, style, so it yeah, might crack up on you. Older kind of uh, stucco, where you know you've got the you know the, screen wire net and the, the wire and the in the foam and everything else. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's well, you can go to over. just um, put you like um, some shellacs under there to screw to and, and make sure they're mounted kind of like kind of like on a roof in other yeah. words uh joel what he's talking about putting some planks on the stucco in order to get put a good board smooth over. surface yeah and, and something to attach to mm-hmm. i say okay because it may crumble on you yeah and that 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 is a thing is that uh i'm thinking that if you're going to put boards on top of that stucco uh that you're going to need a long enough uh a fastener yeah fastener in order to grab, um, you know, some of the wood in, in behind the stucco, you know, to, to mm-hmm. fasten it properly. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Uh, now, if someone else heard that call and wanted oh, yeah. to have a, a better answer, man, you can give us a call. 877-MPB-RING. Jeff's not here. He's probably He would probably know that one off the bat, I would think. But 
Anyway, sometimes it, it it just depends if it's coming off easily and you can get down to um, a solid uh, attachment, then you know that would be the way to go. Right. But sometimes you want to just cover it. You know, but stucco makeup. removal is no fun either. No, 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 no. Um, all right, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. One of the neat things that I, that I saw today, check this out. If you're cleaning up in, in the yard, if you're out doing things outside, remember, uh, do it in short bursts when it's this uh, hot and take lots of breaks. But I thought this was neat. Ways to clean patio furniture. Now get this. All right, you ready? You ready? Okay. All right, baking soda. Most commercial what? cleaners are way too abrasive to be used on uh, resin lawn furniture. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, resin, you know, that hard plastic stuff. Yes. Okay. Uh, but you don't have to worry about scratching or dulling the surface if you clean your resin furniture with a wet sponge dipped in baking soda. Wow. Uh, wipe using circular motions, uh, motions and then rinse. And, and it won't scratch the surface. It'll look good. It'll fill the cracks. Uh, another one, and this one blew my mind. All right, you ready for this one? Okay. This is like the furniture at my house. It's kind of uh, the outside of the of the resin furniture, the big plastic furniture outside, the outdoor mm-hmm. stuff, has kind of got that, like, uh, dull haze over it, you know, that it gets after it's kind of older, that plastic. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, this says WD-40. Bring wow. color and shine back to faded plastic furniture. You simply spray WD-40 directly on the surface and wipe it with a clean, dry cloth. Uh, cloth. You'll be surprised at the shiny, colorful uh, results. Wow. Isn't that something? Yeah, because I've, I've dulled out some uh, furniture over the years using different chemicals. Oh, okay. All right. Let's uh, go to Melissa and Pearl. And uh, see what's going on. You've got a uh, foundation skirting issue? Um, well, yeah, I guess it's an issue because we don't really like it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's an issue. Um, we have, we're, we're fixing up this house, and the foundation is a conventional foundation. It's not a mobile home. It's mm-hmm. a house, but it's built on, like, cinder blocks. There's mm-hmm. nothing, no pretty yeah. brick or anything. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you're looking at the front of the house, there's like a screen porch, and you can see right under it the dirt and everything. But oh, as yeah. you go around the house, there's some metal skirting and uh-huh. kind of sporadically, air, you know, around it. So we wanted to remove that skirting, and we we're just brainstorming other more aesthetic options. Well, what, what, uh, you know, this is going to be a lot about what you like mm-hmm. and what you like to look at because you could go with, uh, Dell. I've seen you build this like before. The past. You could you could build brick up oh, to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I saw a house one day that had uh, corrugated metal as, their, as the mm-hmm. thing covering it, you know, and it yes. gave it kind of mm-hmm. a country chic sort of look thing, you know, Um, but there's a lot of different things you can put down there. If it's just for, uh, yeah, if it's just cosmetic that, um, and you can even use landscaping materials, um, different bushes that are grow and have some color to it and cover that up and kind of camouflage it. Yeah. We were, we, we kind of explored both of those options. And when we were thinking about how people, do the lattice uh, mm-hmm. like under uh-huh. their decks and stuff. Yeah. So we the... were considering building 
sort of a frame out of one by fours, mm-hmm. and would they need to be like ground treated, maybe? Oh yes, um, everything yes. should be. Don't uh, let me let me go ahead and throw in something for you. Unless let's not go. Let's not go one by four. Let's go two by four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one by four just has about two years of life in it because of its thickness before it starts uh, crumbling. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, when we built that frame out of two by fours, and then we would put the lattice sort of would like behind it. Uh, you no, can put it on the front side. Yeah, you can put it on the front side, and you can nail it, screw it. You know, just about any way and, you want. And, too, you can put some screen in between there if you want to um, give it a little color contrast and mm-hmm. keep bugs out and things. But lattice is, I will say, lattice is a cheap and easy way to do it if you if you and your partner want a great project to do that you can do together. Mm-hmm. Um, without killing each without other? Without killing each other. I will <laughs> say, uh, now, we can never guarantee that part, but... <laughs> I will say, uh, Melissa, whatever you decide to do with this project, please get the proper tools. Uh, lattice is 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 annoying to cut. Yeah, oh, wow. how do you cut it with a table saw or like a skill saw? Yeah, I've used or. a skill saw. I at, the, at my house, I've used a skill saw. You know, uh, doing a chalk line, so I know how mm-hmm. long to go. But using a skill saw was the way that I did it. And a little finished nails, little brad nails. Yeah, yeah. Unless you have the uh, nail guns. Oh, I did nail gun on mine. Then that might be a, a worthy purchase, by the way, Melissa. Yeah, put that on the list, huh? Yeah, put that on the list. But but, and if you go the lattice direction, you should actually save a good bit of money on anything big. So you might be and able now, to get that nail gun. Would you recommend the wood lattice or the vinyl lattice? But how long you want it to be there? Yeah. As long as possible. Plastic. Okay. Yeah. The wood lattice is gorgeous. It looks great the first and second year, but it'll start weathering. And, and you have to paint and unfortunately, it. it's held together by uh, staples, uh, the yeah. lattice. Uh, so it'll just fall apart on you eventually. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks, Joe, for giving me a lot to think about. Great. Thanks a lot. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, you can get your questions in at 877-MPB-RING. We'll continue uh, right after. What tips or tricks do you have for cleaning your deck or outdoor space? Also, what project are you working on? 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And we're going to talk to Bob and Jerry coming up here in just a moment. I want I can't wait to hear the comments about the Audi repairs. Somebody's going to be slamming me here in just a second. 877-MPB-RING or fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Delmore from Affordable Solutions. Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week. If you missed any of today's program, you can always subscribe to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB Public Media app. Also, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. All right, earlier I mentioned an email that we received about this um, Audi, and the gentleman wanted to find out if he should get his... uh, timing belt replaced and some other stuff done. So I'm going to take a couple of comments on that, and then we're going to move on to some other projects. What's going on, Bob? 
Well, uh, it's just another lovely day, and you? Yeah, it is a very lovely day. A little, little warm. Well, the thing about that uh, timing belt is uh, if the timing belt breaks, mm-hmm. depending on how the engine is set up, if the valves just freeze in place and the piston comes up, it's going to knock a hole in the piston, which is a bad thing. Right. So, yeah, you want to get the timing belt replaced. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as replacing the water pump, that water pumps don't hang on the front of the engine anymore. It's right. going to be buried behind that timing belt. Mm-hmm. So if there's the least concern about that water pump, by all means, replace it. Right. Because you don't want to have to pull the front of the engine off again just to go back in there to replace the water pump. I mean, you've yeah, already got the, uh, the labor involved. You've already paid for that. Right. That's what the I was saying. Cheap. Yeah. Uh, you know what's funny, Bob? Um, yeah. the, there's another guy that was on the phone. And he just dropped off the phone because he had another comment about the Audi. I think you just said what he was going to say. Um, <laughs> and, and of course, the, the the running gear for the timing belt uh, for the the serpentine belt. Yeah, that's cheap. You're already in there. You got the, you paid for the labor. Do that. Oh, it would be such a tragic problem to put an old belt back on. <laughs> oh no no no! Don't, yeah, really. Uh, secondarily, uh, as far as uh, patio furniture, plastic patio furniture, and things like that go. Uh-huh. Um, you might consider something like Armorall or some product like that because it's going to have uh, some other odds and ends in the formulation that will they're specifically designed to prolong the life of the plastic instead of WD forty. It, but it's, right. it's more short term. Okay, cool, okay. good to know. Very good to know. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Sure. Gosh, that's why I love this show. Right there. That's the stuff. All right, let's go to uh, Kathleen in Osaka uh, talking about matching some concrete. I, I know what you're talking about, Kathleen. What, what's going on? Uh, you had a caller a week ago or so mm-hmm. that was adding a concrete um, slab to an existing slab. Ooh, I remember this one, and she was trying to match the coloring. Yeah, okay. we, we were talking about stains and that sort of thing. When you, If you have a camera or your phone thing that most people do, mm-hmm. take a picture of each color. You take it to your paint, uh, Walmart or whatever paint store, and you get a color match on paint chips. Mm-hmm. Then you get a stain that will raise the low color, the lightest color, mm-hmm. a little darker. Test it on the side of the um, concrete slab first. To whichever you the darker take, slab is, right? You can raise it, the color of the light to the dark. Uh-huh. Then you can go from there. That's and cool. it's preferably to use a concrete stain if they don't have the exact color. You can get one darker and one the uh, the, the lightest color you can uh, get to raise it. And if uh, you just add just a drop or two mm-hmm. of the dark to the light until you get the darkest color, because you can't go from dark to light. Right. If then then I go ahead and seal it and put your um, finish or whatever you want on it. Great, thank you, Kathleen. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. That's a fantastic way to do that. Appreciate okay. it. Okay. All right, let's keep uh, moving. We're going to go to Belinda and uh, Clinton, and you've got a question about replacing. Oh, this is great. Belinda, thank you for calling, okay? This is what happens to the world. This is the same conversation that Java and I had last week about never replacing our windshield wipers because it's not raining, okay? Uh, That goes into uh, Belinda is calling from Clinton about replacing the gas firebox in her home. In July, there is yeah. the smart part about this, Belinda. Mm-hmm. Yes. Usually most people are calling their fire guy around October saying, can you do this? No. Right. Good morning. Good morning. I'm considering, and I've been trying for the last two years to um, try to get this done in the summer. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I have a gas fireplace, a box that's in my house that sits inside of my family room. Mm-hmm. I guess it sits out about maybe three feet. I mm-hmm. hate it. Mm-hmm. So I've been researching getting a gas see-through box in which I can see through my family room onto my screen porch. Uh-huh. Want to check and see if that's a good idea because we're in Mississippi and it's humid and it's cold sometimes. Um, would that be a good idea as far as I'm sure it's going to have to be some kind of pane or glass on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just trying to kind of research. I've looked on the Internet and I've seen some that I like, but seeing it online and seeing it in person or knowing someone that can actually do the work and know mm-hmm. what they're doing is two different things. So you love the fireplace and you want to keep it? I want to keep the fireplace. I, I like that country cuteness to the fireplace. Right, right. But it is a gas fireplace, correct? It is a gas. It is a gas. We Right now we have um, the gas logs that remote control the mm-hmm. whole cute nine yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like it because in the wintertime, that's usually the only thing we have to use for heat in that area. Uh-huh. Huh. So... That's what my concern only is. I can't seem to find. I found a firebox at one of the local stores in um, Jackson, Mm -hmm. but it's for a room-to-room, not a room-to-a-outdoor space. Right. So you're just wanting a firebox that will go straight through. I I want a firebox, but I have to have something on the outside to kind of keep the elements out of the, the back wall. Right. But that you can see through. Correct. Wow. That is a tall order, Belinda. Sounds like a custom job. Yeah, it's a custom job. Um, I will say this, Belinda. Did you bring your wallet? Yes. Because this is going to be a custom gig. I I talked to a contractor Mm -hmm. um, probably about a year ago, and he Mm -hmm. said, you know, it's going to cost, you know, up in the high four digits, Mm -hmm. maybe five. Uh-huh. And it's not going to give me enough increase in value to spend that kind of money right. on that. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, do you plan on selling this house? Never. Okay, then what's the matter? Nothing. Right. You put in the I, house what you want to put in the house if that's how you want to live. Exactly. Um, well, if if you're going to that degree, um, do you want to uh, make your outside area more like a inside glass room as well? I talked to my husband about the the changing the screen porch mm-hmm. into a um a glass room more yes mm-hmm. he's not really liking that he likes the the screen no okay okay oh, he so, won't fight the heat right um well, yeah, the, the glass room may have been your answer. Yes. Honestly, the glass room was probably your answer. Yes, glass, glass. You're right. Um, I do hope you can find that, Belinda. This is going to take a contractor who really knows what they're doing and can and, and can design also. And you're right. I think you're going to get into the five digits uh, <clears throat> somewhat quickly. She might want to um, talk to a designer. 
Yes. Uh, talk to a designer, uh, an architect, an in-house designer, something of that nature. You know, we're going to take a break real quick. We're going to come back and talk to a couple of folks on the phone. You can get on the phone, too, at 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We are answering those emails right now. As a matter of fact, I've got a couple coming up. 877-MPB-RING. We'll be right back. As a standing member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash cartag. We'll see you on the road. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. I just can't help it. It, it is biggie, you know? Okay. Uh, welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with uh, contractor Dale Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks, who's not here this morning. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always subscribe to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB Public Media app. Also, if you want to join the conversation right now, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, here we go. Got an uh, email in, and I love this. A guy heard a show of ours talking about pools at one point. Oh, yeah. And talking about the value that a pool might or might not add Mm -hmm. to a home. Now, check this out. Uh, Got something from a guy says, uh, from an appraisal standpoint – a pool absolutely does not double the value of a house. In fact, it adds very little value. Taking it a step further, if it becomes neglected, a liability, it could take value away from your home. Mm-hmm. This is from Bob, who is a Mississippi State certified residential appraiser. Wow. Yeah. So that tells you right there. Uh, pool, good. Ugly pool, bad. So, yeah. Pretty easy. All right, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. So I would say if if you want to add value with the pool, you need to go all out. You know, you need the, um, the, the walkways, the pool house, the bar and kitchen, you know. The bar in the kitchen? Yes, accessories. <laughs> And then Did you, you have, say the bar in the kitchen or bar yeah, and the bar kitchen? Bar and the kitchen, and the all kitchen. of that. Okay, bar man cave kitchen. out back, you know, just right. make it a little, little island space. 
Okay, a little, a little paradise out mm-hmm. back. Some flagstone and, and nice decorative um, waterfalls and like things that of that nature. I'm sure that should add a little value there. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna uh, pique your interest here. Yesterday I was well, no, two days ago I was up in our attic in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to move. I'm moving a ceiling fan uh, about wow. four feet over in a room. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to create a junction box and move it over and, and, and you know, a little bit further and all this other stuff and yeah. pull the wire and everything. So, anyway, it's 140 degrees in my wow. attic. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, impossible up there is to yes. go in an attic anytime. If, you, or if you're if you riding by, folks, if you're on the interstate or whatever, you're on your road, and you ride by the air conditioner person mm-hmm. in their truck, you just, like, salute them. Because those folks have got to go in those attics at 140 degrees when it's this terrible outside and humid. They're just brutal, you know, absolutely brutal. Um, Another tip, and I got this. I have been uh, working with uh, sheetrock and and, and large pieces of plywood for years and never thought to spend this $6. And it was – a bad decision until I made the right decision this weekend, which was there's a little handle that you can buy that will help you, a single person, oh, yeah, handle carry the sheetrock sheet or a big giant piece of plywood. It is just a $6 piece of plastic, mm-hmm. and it's got a handle on it, right? And it, it kind of fits. It's like a lip that fits under the, the board, mm-hmm. and then you just pick it up. Yes. I, there's really nothing to it. I mean, it's still heavy. You know, I mean, yeah. it's still heavy. And you have to use your other hand. You know, say if you pick it up with your right, you have to use your left to stabilize it. But it allows you to move these giant pieces of wood. A single person can do it. Yes. Um, yes. Otherwise, you've got to have two bodies holding it because it's so heavy at each end. And this holds it in the middle. Now, next time you go in the attic, take mm-hmm. you a small box fan and put up there just to at least get a little circulation. There you go. All right, that's a good idea. That can help a little bit. That's that's the trick they do. And they also take your vents loose while they're up there. They don't tell you that, but yeah. (laughs) You wonder how they stay up there that long? Yes, they take a vent loose. And just pour it right on them. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, that's not such a bad thing. I mean, prefer that over their death. Yeah. (laughs) All right. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. All right. Now gonna, I gave the trick away. I know. I know, right? Now you're going to know when somebody <laughs> leaves, boy, this attic feels great. So, um, got an email here from Madeline, and she says, are there any weekend classes where women can learn basic home building skills, such as how to use a saw? Well, there are a couple of things that you can do, and I will say this, that, that you know, everybody's got their own motive, but on a, on a good Saturday morning, you can pretty much find um, classes, mm-hmm. uh, DIY classes, things with tools, you know, saws, hammer, that kind of thing, at your local DIY store. Typically, they'll do yes. a little class in the morning, and it might be this week, it might be tiling, the next week, it might be mm-hmm. uh you know, flooring or whatever. But, yes, you, you can learn how to use those saws, things of that nature. There are a thousand other different ways to do this. If you really want to do it and learn forever good, 
and, you know, uh, certification and all that nine yards. There are schools here in the state. Any of the JUCOs pretty much can can. And you can sit in you if you don't want to just get the certificate. Uh, the instructors will be glad to have you sit in and right. learn some um, new talent. <clears throat> Another thing is, let me tell you, Madeline, <clears throat> the world needs more people to help out uh, in construction. My favorite thing to suggest to someone is go do a Habitat house. Mm-hmm. You will be surprised at how much you can learn in one day at a Habitat house and yes. how many different tools you can use. And, yes, there's a person there that will teach you how to do that tool. The interesting thing about doing a Habitat house is that let's say you're the person who does the saw. Well, you sit there and you do that saw all over and over and over mm-hmm. all day long. The great thing is by the time you leave that day, you're a pro at the saw. Oh, yes. you know, so that's something that you can check out. I would I would if you want to learn a skill in uh, DIY or, or home maintenance, I would uh, definitely volunteer at a Habitat house. Yes, that's a great way to learn. Um, all right. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Some of the stuff that we're hearing about today. All right. You've mentioned this before, Dell. When you're cleaning the deck, say an outside deck, mm-hmm. uh, everybody else has talked in the past about the pressure sprayer, a uh, pressure mm-hmm. washer. And you're like, no, 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 no. Don't use a pressure washer. It'll hurt the wood. Scrub the wood. Yeah, Do, just use a soft scrub brush. Right. Use a soft scrub brush and uh, clean the surface of the wood. There are lots of products on the market. You can use bleach also. You cut half and half with warm water. And a scrub brush. This is the way to clean your deck. Remember, you walk over your deck all day long, and it's outside. So every little crevice has got dirt in it. Every, you know, it's, it's, you know, you got to kind of wash it off with a good brush like you would do any other surface before you want to put a paint or a stain or anything of that nature on top of it. And the pressure washer only pushes into the pores of the wood and it could do more damage. Right. And one of the problems is a lot of people will pressure wash a deck and then immediately paint over it. Well, now you've pressure washed wood or water into mm-hmm. the wood that, wa- that wants to blister out after that. So so I would suggest doing what you suggested, uh, Dale, which is scrub the wood. Uh, it'll work wonders on algae, mildew, um and for large areas, if you want, you can you can rent, uh, you know, bigger equipment. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I noticed I rented a couple of weekends ago was a giant ladder because I have uh, vaulted ceilings. Mm-hmm. And I know that's going to sound crazy, but there was not only some cobwebs way, way, way up there in the in the vaulted ceilings, but there was also um, the the some blinds that were up in a window that nobody could get to. It was kind of like. <laughs> For show, you know, and they were crooked. They were off. And it's like, so I had to get a 20-foot ladder to climb up there and, and, you know, fix them. Uh, But you can do that, folks. If you have a single project, there might not be a need for you to buy the tool. If you only are planning on doing that project one time, you can always Mm -hmm. just rent it. That's what I do for a jackhammer. I just rent it. Really? You know, chisel out and and take it back. And this is one of the pros, folks. This is how it's done. All right. uh, Got another question the other day. Refinish a a TV stand. This is an email that came in. I have a nice TV stand that is sturdy but dated. Uh, I'd like to apply a paint and glaze finish, but I'm concerned about the years of buildup from furniture polish. Mm. What's the best way to prepare the surface for painting? Uh, And this is from Tom in Biloxi. Tom, uh, you say it's a nice TV stand that is sturdy 
and you've been applying you've been applying furniture polish, which tells me it's wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, this yes. is decent wood, solid uh, wood. I hope right. Um, if it's not wood, if it's particle board or anything like that, toss it, get something else. Uh, it's it's not even worth painting. I know. Mm-hmm. I, it, so, but if it's real wood, there's a lot of different ways. But I can tell you, buy if you're going to spray it, uh, buy great spray paint. Um, if you're going to brush it, buy great paint. And as far as preparing the surface, even though you've got wax and stuff like that on there, you're going to want to clean the wax off first with a cutting type of uh, cleaner. Even if you use a little uh, paint thinner or something with a Brillo pad or... I mean, you can cut that stuff with Windex, though. Yeah, uh, regular joy, you know, just... Yeah, yeah. Clean the the wax off of there and then take a, uh, a, a piece of sandpaper... Yeah, like roughly. Right, uh, around uh, uh, 120 to 220 grit, okay? And you want to just kind of lightly sand the surface. And what you're doing here is you're just kind of roughing it up a little bit, giving your paint something to stick to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the way to go. That that will help you, Tom. So there you go. And usually when you do that, you'll find out if it's got a little thin uh, paper coating on it or something. Mm-hmm. Now they make products to look like wood, and they'll, they'll fool you. They will fool you. And they look just like wood. Until you start sanding and, and really agitating it, you're like, wow, I thought that was real. Right. All right, uh, Jesse's on the line in Mobile, wants to know about weathered wood. Are you with us, Jesse? Yeah, still here. So so what's on, man? On the weathered fence project, whenever you have that nice wall of gray, yes. Home Depot mm-hmm. has a product to receive. Store wood simply you just spray it on and the results are immediate and then you rinse off and you have that i just bought it from the store yellow look or orange or brown look back to the original wood come on wow man no way what's I it called that was it once to get gray right yes yeah, in the usual five gallon jug uh-huh. kind of like antifreeze comes in it looks like that what what is it called I gotta go back and look at the name. I don't have it with me today. Man, don't call me and not tell me the name of the. <laughs> That's cruel. I'll email it to you guys, but yeah, it's we did it for the fence, and we were just amazed, my neighbor and I, how quickly it worked. Really? So you just all right? Let me get the the fence. Your your fence, which is a, a wooden privacy fence, right? Yep, the standard wooden privacy right. fence that is now gray. It was just mm-hmm. kind of older and gray and kind of beat up looking. So you sprayed this miracle juice on there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it came and back new wood with the label on it and all. Yep, as it's running down the wood, you see the gray literally disappear, and it's back to the color it was when you first put it up there. We had to replace a section after the storm, so we had mm-hmm. new boards. And they're like, well, while I'm here, and they've got the little TV playing, showing you how the product works, and you go, surely it can't be that easy. Yeah. But it you know, is so much fence. I'm not going to replace the whole thing, and sure enough, it's that easy. But I'll email you guys a picture of the product. What about cost wise? Is is the product? Oh, expensive? I think it was maybe nine bucks for the jug. Are you oh, serious? Wow. Why have we all not done this yet? Yeah, because I didn't throw away a lot of good wood. It also works on concrete, but I don't really have that much discolored concrete as I do fence. Right. <laughs> now, so, all right, Jesse, uh, first of all, you've piqued our interest. We love this idea, and we're all mad at you for not telling us what it was. <laughs> so, But, all right, yeah, so send us email, this email. Yeah, email at fixit101 yeah. at mpbonline.org. 
uh, send the name of that okay. product, and I will broadcast it to the to the worlds and nations. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, thank right. you very much, Jesse. Appreciate it, man. No problem. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Hey, we're going to take a break real quick. Uh, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. Uh, we'll continue our discussion in just a minute. What projects are you working on this summer? You can call with your questions, comments. Just tell us what you're working on at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601. Jeff Sammons is out today, and if you missed today's program, you can always subscribe to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB Public Media app. Also, if you want to join the conversation this morning, you can call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. All right, let's uh, go ahead and go to the phone. There's uh, some fence discoloring uh conversation going on since that last guy called and we went crazy over that nick is on the line in olive branch what's going on man not much uh i just uh, want to chime in on that we had some pretty good luck with uh just using household bleach uh one part of that to three or four parts water and a pump-up sprayer yeah and that gray wood would just come right back to that original yellow color i didn't have to buy any special products really a fence company and that's Wait, Dale is sitting over here shaking his head. Did did this guy, like, find something new and inventive, or did he just figure out what house wash was? You know, they they put it in a bottle and give it some coloration and and put a price on it. Right. So you're saying bleach? bleach. Okay. Yeah. One part bleach, three or four parts water, depending on the the, the, the degradation of the wood. But, yeah, it came right back right before it. As it ran down, you started seeing the yellow come back and pop back into the wood. Man, that's crazy. All right, I'm going to go home and try that tonight. Buy some expensive bleach, or right. you can just take regular expensive bleach. bleach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, appreciate it, Nick. Thank y'all. Thanks. Let's go to Craig and Bluxy. He's got prep with PSC. What's going on, Craig? Hey, hey how you doing? I just had a comment and uh, a question for Dell. Um, comment was about preparation and painting. A lot of people, you know, have to do your putty and caulking and uh, sanding. And on a lot of people, you should use a wipe down on surface with TSP, trisodium phosphate be clean helps that paint you know really adhere to the surface mm-hmm. but the other question i want to ask and you get that anywhere it's just you mix with water and but i want to tell if you've done any resurfacing of uh paint cabinets you know uh if you've done any kind of work like that and use a sprayer or, or you know i don't know if you've done anything like that so I'll, ask that. I'll take my answer off here thank y'all all right what do you think now uh refinishing cabinets yeah, he's uh, taking it off the air, but it's got uh, prep with PST as the issue. So, so I'm thinking, um, Craig. Any any thoughts? Yeah. Oh, you're still there, Craig. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Now, is this uh, what what kind of surface are we talking about here, Craig? Good. Uh, any surface, really. You know, basically, you want to clean it uh, wood, mm. uh, like just uh, you know the sheetrock, and you want to clean that. Clean it up. It's already got paint on it. You know, yeah. you're going to resurface it or, you know, repaint it. And you just want to clean, you know, you patch it. A lot of people, you know, you putty and caulk and 
uh, sand it down. You want to clean that surface so that, you know, or grime and stuff from the God knows what's been on there before, but uh, mm-hmm. just to, to, to make that paint really stick to it, it's TSP, trisodium phosphate. But, but I don't know, Dell, you were talking about canvas earlier, uh, painting it up. I've got a little project I'm kind of investigating on it and to see if uh, you've ever done it, like canvas in place or, you know, uh, uh, you, know you see these guys come with canvas and they, they spray them down, and I don't know if he's ever done that or had any, any suggestions where I go, uh, you know, investigating on my own. I want to hear some of his pro at it or well, yeah. I haven't I haven't used a PST uh, uh, method but usually we just do a basic wipe down with the um, yeah. you know regular solution or a scrub brush is my favorite yeah, I've, done, I've done the cabinets before a 409 yeah yeah, yeah regular household stuff and because um, you know the kitchen cabinets can always have grease and fingerprints and things yeah, like that but mm-hmm. we just try to but cut I it with a degreaser I don't know if you had used, you know, sprayed a refinished painted cabinets before, and if you had any suggestions, that's all. Basically, um, just wipe them down clean and, and, and go for it, man. Roll those sleeves up. And, yeah, and you, know. you know. Yeah. But um, me, I spray and I brush a lot, so it's no particular technique for me. Yeah, I've done our cabinets painted uh, before, but we brushed them, Craig. Yeah, I like the brush stroke. Yeah. A right. lot of people don't want to, some type of semi-gloss or something or right. enamel or oil. All right. So. Uh, thanks, Craig. We appreciate it. If someone else has got a better answer, uh, please give us a call. 877-MPB-RING. Let's go to Michael. Uh, and He wanted to ask about uh, mounting this TV stand. You with us, Michael? He might have given some studs. Michael, you're there? Good morning, guys. Hey, how's it going? Good. You? Good. What can we do for you? I have got a, about a hundred year old house and it's got old plaster and lath walls mm-hmm. and I need to put a mount of TV on the wall. Mm-hmm. And I just wondered what was the best way to mount that, that bracket to the wall. It's plaster. You said, yes. All right. The moment you hit that plaster with a nail, it's going to just blow up on you. Yes. Um, well, it's hard to find studs in plaster too. Well, it is, but you, know, you can pull a layout and get close like that. I'll take a, a small uh, brad nail and try to find that stud. Basically, you, you want to get in a stud. I yeah. Mean, the plaster might hold on its own, but it just depends on the side. These big TVs, you don't want to take a chance with an investment like that. Yeah, you, you got to get, get to the stud. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's right that, that you may have to either, if you're not on top of it and can see down on it, like from an attic where the studs are, mm-hmm. then yeah, you I'm may not. have to go searching, but you're going to want to get that. And if it's behind okay. plaster... I had plaster one time, and the only way I could figure out how to properly work that stuff, honestly, was I could drill a hole through it without destroying it. Mm-hmm. If I had a, a good drill bit, like a mm-hmm. masonry bit, yes. went through it very well. Um, and then you could put a nail in there or uh, something that would attach to the back, you know, uh, you know, like they use on sheetrock, stuff like that. But yeah. I can tell you, if you'll do what Dell says and use that nail to go find that uh, stud, you'll find that. You need to get that. Yeah, you you okay. want to be in a stud because they make all kind of uh, hanging gadgets that slip tie in mm-hmm. and, and hold against it. But once that pl- plaster gives, then everything is going to fall. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, Michael. The 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 deal is, I I really think what Dell was saying was the way to go. Let's go to David real quick and Biloxi about these hanging cabinets and and I think you're talking about the painting, right, David? That's right. That's right. So what do you got to say? 
I'm a painting contractor, and I'm in Mrs. in Biloxi, Mississippi. Oh, cool, good. I, so you know what you're doing. I do, a, I do a bunch of cabinets, and the majority of cabinets are are a lacquer, and uh, and that's real tricky to repaint. Uh-huh. But definitely, uh, we normally wipe them down with a with a relatively hot solvent. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It, it wipe out that cleans up all the grease, all the oil, all that. But then you really got to sand that lacquer. Yeah. You really got to open the grains on that on that lacquer. And then you got to prime it with a primer that will go over the lacquer. And, and even though it might be clear, oh, uh, you know, might be a natural finish, that's normally a clear lacquer. Uh-huh. And most of the painted cabinets that are factory painted are a lacquer. And it's just real tricky to get it. You just got to get a real good primer. Uh-huh. So definitely have to prime them. Do you suggest and, uh, spraying? A- absolutely. And, we, and, and the key to that is, Mark the doors when you take them off, so you know where they came back. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Mark the drawers they slide back, whatever hole they slide in, mark them. And uh, dude, and then, where were uh, you when I did this project and got the doors mixed up? It took three weeks to figure out where the right doors went. Yeah, you you matched the hinge to the door and the hinge to the cabinet. Mark right. them all, number them all, mark them back, spray them down, and. Uh, <laughs> Let them cure. Okay. Once you let them cure enough, put the, put the drawers back on. But the key is prime. Key is right. prime. And, key is and prime. patience. Okay. You need patience. Some people think you just run through and paint them right quick. No, you need some patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got a week process easy. you got yeah. a week process. Right. You know, you clean, clean them one day and maybe you can get some, you know, take, them, take them apart, prime them in a day. you got to let that primer cure. There's a recoat window on the primer. Right. All right, David, man, I appreciate that. This is why I love this show. The pros can call in and tell us what we need to tell you. There we go. All right, folks, we wrapped it up here. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. Uh, for Del Moore and the Jeff Samus, who wasn't here. I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. show, Everyday Tech, with Michelle McAdoo. And uh, stay tuned for, I just said that, didn't I? Yeah. Join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.